All right. Hey, guys. <laughs> this is Pure Lunacy. As you can see, we're already laughing because it is Pure <laughs> Lunacy. I want to introduce you guys to one of my very dear and close friends, Dr. Lauren Carter. Now, let me give y'all just an update on who Ms. Carter is. <clears throat> she is a self-starter, entrepreneur, businesswoman. She is an attorney, an engineer, a PhD doctor, and she's beautiful. I mean, what else could you ask for in this world? <laughs> Lauren, go ahead and say hi. Thanks, to me. Hi, everybody. Excited yes. to join Pure Lunacy. <laughs> Welcome. Oh, Thank it's you, so ma'am. exciting to have you. Yes. Uh, so, so happy to be here. Yes. A lot has been happening. Um, in the world, yes. which is what caused me to start this, this series back up and bring on people that I know <laughs> are amazing contributors um, who can give insight. And one of the things that, you know, I want to talk about is small business. You're a small business owner and you're being directly affected by the Rona. <laughs> that I, I call it the Rona. We're going to call her what she is. <laughs> um, you're having to go through the process. The CARES mm -hmm. Act is something that's affecting you directly right now. Do you yeah. want to talk a little bit about, you know, how small business owner, how small business owners being affected? Sure. Um, so from my personal perspective, I had them canceled. Oh, you just or rewind for me. Right? Okay. I said, so I've had contracts. <laughs> delayed and as recently as this week canceled um, and hopefully we'll pick back up after everything happens but uh, it's a major impact when you think about income and being able to provide for yourself and your family through earning income and not through a loan or any other type of subsidy and so that has been a challenge um, even the process before getting to finally having to say we can't execute the contract is there, you know, weeks of trying to reimagine and re-envision what the work could look like and going back and forth through contract negotiations and then still trying to measure and weigh what you need to do and what would be ideal in performing your work and what would at least meet a meaningful engagement requirement, and then finally realizing it's just not possible. And so the back and forth can take a toll, uh, and then finally getting to the point of realizing we can't do it now. While it's disappointing, it's also a little bit of a relief because you know, okay, we're hitting pause, and then we'll come back and reassess. Um, the impact on income, uh, that, that's immediate. It's, That's it's immediate. immediate. Yeah. So from the delay to it actually not being present, um, you know, if you've been planning for that or you budget like any business owner would, you know, you do a projection for your quarters and then all of a sudden you lose a major client, it impacts you and you have to figure out now, well, how do I replace that income that would have been in my coffers and now I'm trying to figure out what to do next. Um, talk to some other owners, a friend of mine who from college, you know, he said they lost a couple hundred thousand dollar contract for a catering business or a catering oh, event. Wow. 
that's massive. You know, that's not yeah. something you replace just next week. <laughs> you know, that's something they probably plan for for months to get signed and executed. And COVID came in and it was gone. It was gone. So we're, I think I all business owners, especially small business owners are adjusting. But even the large ones, you know, they're not, they don't have as much income because people don't have money. Like we've had record numbers of unemployment. So even if you are still in business, you know, things are being deeply discounted. New services are being created um, at a different price point or you're trying to bundle deals like everybody is trying to figure out what to do next. And it's it's scary. I'm just going to say it. It's scary Mm -hmm. because um, (coughs) 6.6 million people filed for unemployment just last week in march yeah, <laughs> yeah in one they came out with these numbers and yes. it's it's scary it's mm-hmm. scary but you know i it's scary but i think i have maybe it's just me i have a little bit of thick skin to it because it just it reminds me of the recession yes. and and i remember how down in the gutter we all got when it came to the recession but we still kind of, we managed, we didn't kind of, we managed to get out mm-hmm. of it and create yeah. the greatest economy since. But now Rona has ruined that. <laughs> <laughs> Yet again. <laughs> Rona. Ah. Yeah. Man. And I think this time around as well that some lessons were learned from yes. from the recession um, or whatever we want to call it. Um, and I think it was still a depression almost, but just... But we'll leave it there um, for. I, no- I agree. It was a it was a depression. But. Yeah. But this time around, I see more support for individuals and families. Uh, I'd like to see more comprehensive support, but even simply having in place where you can't be evicted from an apartment or you can't be foreclosed on. Like having some stability in the place where you live is yeah. vital to minimizing stress. And to helping to maintain your health, because if you know you're in a safe place to <laughs> and live and work now, if you're still you know, blessed to have a position or a job that allows you to work from home, having that safety measure and the separation from outside elements is crucial to you being OK, because the lower you can keep your stress, the healthier you are, especially if you already have other health conditions. Stress just exacerbates everything. Yeah. So that part I am happy to see that there are some other measures in place and for small businesses this time around not just that for is such a big, big win this time it is amazing because last time it only went to big business only and they were still business. flying their jets to come to dc to get their bonuses yeah. Shame. <laughs> Shame. <laughs> and even not just llc or ink companies they're gig workers in this they're uber drivers you know people Good. who how how our economy has evolved. Everybody doesn't work in a formal structure anymore because we've deformalized our process so much where you work here on the little contract or you work here for a few hours and that's how people live. That's how they take care of their family. So to see that, I was really proud of Congress this time in including or being much- I was proud until yesterday. (laughs) I'll explain. Okay. Yesterday, yesterday, and okay, let me preface with this. I understand. But yesterday in the Senate, um, the the Senate was going to vote 
on adding an additional, I think it was $2.5 billion yes. go directly to small businesses. And I was like, yes. And then Chuck Schumer and his folks said, no, we need more for this, 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 and this. And I said, yes, but pass that in another bill because we need this money for small business owners. Yeah. This isn't the time to talk politics. This is a time where we have a bill, it's right. lined out, get it done, and then move on to the next items. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, we need more money to, to hospitals. Absolutely, we need more yes. money to different um, entities. But you can't, you can't just say, no, it's not added in this bill, so I'm not going to pass it. What? Yeah. Small business owners are the backbone of America, and you're letting yes, them indeed. down because of your political views? You buffoon! Yeah. <laughs> I'll just say, it made me very angry. It made yeah. me very angry because they tried to make themselves look like the martyr, but they're not. They're multimillionaires who are sitting in Congress, getting their paycheck, they still get their health care, and guess what? The small business it's owners definitely. don't have... Small business owners now do not have $2.5 billion because of their political rift. Come on. Yeah, and even with what's available, like with one of the banks that I have a business relationship with, they opened and closed their PPP program portal within 48 hours because they were overwhelmed with applications. Absolutely. Took them until yesterday or today to reopen and they likely won't make it through the weekend again. There's some right. banks that still haven't even started because they're trying to get all of the uh, all of the regulations for internal operations in place. And so yeah. while there's this huge number out there being able to access it and access it and say I apply the money's coming to me. There's a large gap in between that bill being passed and small business owners actually being able to put money back into their accounts and either pay themselves or their workers. Employers, yeah. Employers. A number of people may not have been fired, but they're furloughed. So thankfully, they still have their position, so they can probably still get their benefits. You know, right. if anything happens, but there's no income. And and that's why I, like I said, I understand that there's concern for other factors. Right. But now is not the time to be like, I didn't get this in this, so I'm not going to vote for it. This isn't, we're, we're in a state of emergency. Get it done. Crisis. Get it done. Crisis. Yeah. Like, we all, we all know how this goes, and now you've planted a seed of dissension, and it's not going to be forgotten. Right. <laughs> It's not going to be forgotten. And do it in steps. Everything doesn't have to be done exactly. right now and in this bill. And in a time of crisis, you should be able to put aside partisan issues. Absolutely. And really, at least you would hope and think, you know, at this time, we need to think about what's best for America as a whole. Regardless if you voted for me in the last election or you will vote for me in the next election. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Hold on, I got Mario is behind me, grabbing snacks off the table and like crawling on the floor so he's not in the video. Mario is her husband, y'all, and he's trying not to interrupt our pure lunacy, but he doesn't realize he just contributed to what is pure lunacy. I'm about to say, that's the lunacy for this conversation. I have been trying to hold it. Oh, that's love. Oh, we may have to edit that one out. <laughs> That's real life. 
we're all working from home. Everything yes. is yes. merging. <laughs> but yeah, I oh just hope, um, I do hope that this situation is a call back to the middle for everybody away from extreme points of trying to prove your point and your position and only and appeal to yesterday when they failed it. So we have to think more broadly. We just, we have to right now and not just for my group, but how can we have a more equitable outlook on everything? And it took them a while to get the first bill passed because they were still there were still some of that I want mine you want yours Citizens but they found enough. a way we want a bill that's it to meet in the middle and finally get something passed that could start to help those of us who elected them to office so I'm hoping that this is a callback and a reframing of what that position is really supposed to be about and if not we're gonna remember because elections will come back around. And we will keep a list and we're going to check off who's naughty or nice. And it's not going to be Christmas. That's right. But it'll be in November. (laughs) It'll be November. We are people. It is not time. This isn't blue versus red. This is time to make some purple. That's it. Unless you're at youth camp, don't make purple, kids. (laughs) They used to always say at church camp. Don't make purple. Leave room for Jesus. I've never heard that one. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's a whole nother podcast. Yes. Pure <laughs> I guess that goes to the pure. But we'll, okay. Leave <laughs> it there. So one of the things you did mention, though, is, is bringing in equity. And one of the things that I've been noticing, finally, the media starting to pick up on, which is something that, you and I both know, um, for those mm-hmm. of you who don't know, Miss um, Dr. Carter works in equity, yes. um, is that our impoverished communities, mm-hmm. um, our, commu- our black communities, our brown communities, even our impoverished white communities mm-hmm. are going to be the most heavily um, affected by COVID-19, the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And we're starting to see those numbers roll in. And of mm-hmm. course, um, the the black and brown communities are just being bombed. I mean, mm-hmm. it it's it's hitting and it's hitting hard. Yes. Um, when it's, you, yeah. I'll say it's so I'm actually working on a piece that I I hope to have published that will address some of this. But also when we think about service workers, um, most of them are communities that look like us, or workers that look like us, who are black who are a part or have some Hispanic uh, background as far as ethnicity, regardless of, you know, which country or where they've immigrated from. Um, And then lower income earners, like a grocery store clerk doesn't make $25 an hour. And so you have these communities that it used to be, you know, a pretty decent job for their families. They could go in, it was safe and they could come back home. Now janitorial staff is being exposed to different materials that have been exposed to COVID-19 and they're having to clean that up, having to clean the beds, clean the rooms. But do they have health care in the hospitals that they serve in? We don't know. Grocery store clerks that have to be there, you know, every day to keep their jobs. Without masks, without gloves. Do they have health care? You know, they've started to put up the different like the little plexiglass protective barriers. 
but they're touching things all day. They're around people all day. Not everyone shows common decency by not coughing out in public or, you know, not protecting themselves, not having good hygiene with washing their hands. And they're exposed to that all day. And so when you don't have quality access to health care, you don't have the money to afford to go. You don't have the option of staying at home and working and protecting yourself from coming into contact with hundreds of people a day. Yes, your numbers will be higher. And when there's a lack of access to other jobs that will allow you to do that in certain communities, Mm -hmm. then those communities are more heavily impacted. And that's what we continue to see. Like the numbers are astonishing when you see the number of minorities and lower income earning families that have been directly impacted. I saw a study, no, not a study, a story the other day (laughs) where he said a woman or a person bus coughed out loud, didn't cover their face, nothing. He made a video about it. Four days later, he started showing symptoms and he passed away. You know, just simple things, simple things, you know, to show common decency to someone else. And that's not happening. Um, And often that gets back to how those positions are viewed or have been viewed historically. Like they're not as a society as well respected as a doctor or a teacher. It's just kind of like, you know, it's just a gl- grocery store clerk. It's just the bus driver. We're starting driver. to see a shift. We're starting to see people we realize, to. oh, oh, maybe they They're should critical. get benefits. Maybe they should get health. $15 an hour. <laughs> you know, I remember right. I mean, it's like, these are the same people that you said didn't deserve that $15, $15.50 or something like that minimum wage. It's like, and, and now your depends on them. Now your life People depends on People would not on. have food. They wouldn't have the limited amount of toilet paper, water. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Public them, transportation. They're putting their lives on the line every day. By to serve. Us. And That's it. They don't have health care. They don't have basic health care benefits. It's absurd. It. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And even if they are still earning, can what they earn take care of a medical bill? Even if they do have insurance, insurance doesn't cover everything. We we do we need reform. Mm-hmm. We we do. Um, it it's a big it's a big problem. Um, I, I'll say you know I'm not always gonna be a big proponent proponent of socialized medicine um, just because of how I've seen things occur in countries like Venezuela or mm-hmm. um, how s- certain socialized medicine countries function but do i think that we need to have a reform in our uh healthcare field a complete Mm -hmm. overhaul and find the best medium for us absolutely i agree i agree um i mean i was yeah i was speaking to my one of my cousins who lives in england Mm -hmm. and my somebody was sick and i said why why don't they just go to the doctor and you know see if their symptoms Mm -hmm. are are bad and then just get a test and he said no we can't do that here here and this is england this is the uk he says you know here we're told to stay home and the only reason you should go to the doctor or to the hospital is if your lips are blue and you're out of breath and you can't breathe and it's you're at the last straw and i said well y'all don't even have testing and he said no we don't and that's one thing, you know, we're, we're complaining here in the U.S. We're complaining here in the United States of America because we don't have enough testing. But a country like 
England doesn't even have testing for their citizens. That is crazy to me. That is. Because we don't realize our privilege as a country. Yes, we may be limited, and yes, there's a whole process where, you know, you need to do telehealth or you need to call your doctor, find out if your symptoms are up to par, and then you can go through a drive-through, you know, testing. But at least we have a drive-through testing. Right. At least it's there. It's in existence. England, they they don't even have that. And I said, oh. That's crazy. And and then I told him, you know, it's funny that y'all don't have testing, but Boris, the prime minister, and Prince Charles sure got their tests pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Whatever. Man, (laughs) I have to go back to something you said about healthcare. Yes. I don't know what the final system will look like, but I... We are too wealthy a country mm-hmm. for all of our citizens not to have access to health care. Now, what the final structure will look like, that'll be a lot of compromise. But wow. I just don't feel in America, as wealthy as we are, as much as as much income and profit is made off of medical devices oh and drugs that Big we pharma. can't have a system where people can go to the doctor. Now, I understand you don't want to run through every, like if you have allergies, like we both do, this is not the time for you to (laughs) run to the ER unless you really are having, you know, some type of uh, reaction. But you should, we still have the privilege of being able to go. And that's huge. That's huge. So I I think we have to look in so many different areas. And it's highlighting this is showing one how unprepared we are for something of this magnitude and two all the ways and areas and places where there are weaknesses in our system that we can go back through and either shore up or recreate and find something new that works and i'll say this you know a lot of people think i'm i'm crazy because i am but um <laughs> what in a good You know, one of the things that I've said and one of the things that was touted by a few people for years, even decades, was that all we need is one pandemic and we'll be wiped out. Um, And one of the one of the people whose, you know, videos are coming back in these uh, in these times is President Bush. Um, He was one of the biggest touters of saying, uh, you know, we need to prepare for a pandemic because Mm -hmm. by the time it comes, it'll be too late if we're not ready. And it's it's here and it's too late and we're not ready. And a lot of people said, oh, you're, you're GW, America. And, and, you know. (laughs) But he was right. He was absolutely 100% correct. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Side note, people need, and I'm going to, let me, let me, I'm going to have a soapbox moment right now. Let go me ahead, just, go ahead. Let me just say this. I have my popcorn. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what party the president is from. It doesn't matter what they stand on. One thing we need to all agree on is that the man or woman who becomes president is president not because they're dumb. You have to have a certain level of intelligence and intellect to get to that level to lead the strongest nation in the world. And unfortunately, both sides don't take that into consideration Mm -hmm. when it comes to our leaders. And unfortunately, because of that, we have the mess that we have today, in my opinion. Soapbox moment over. (laughs) I think that goes back to when we 
we stop paying attention as a collective group to issues and we pay more attention to candidates like who has the best soundbite for the week or who made the most noise during the last debate but i always think about well where do you stand on the issue like it's great to look good on camera it's great to be able to you know be quick on your feet but how will you lead us through things that really matter what do you think about here what do you think about minimum wage? What do you think about businesses and reform and how that needs to happen? What do you think about the environment? What about education and the loans that our generation and the generation underneath us are burdened with because the dream was so that you need to go to college to have a really good life and be able to provide for yourself. But that's not the case with us. Like for our parents, that worked really well to go and get they some education. We have these okay. on- unmitigated unrestrained colleges who are now working as businesses putting yes. whatever price on tuition they want while we have administration getting paid anywhere between six figures to millions of dollars while students are eating cups of oodles Mom and noodles oodles <laughs> and noodles Listen. Make it through. <laughs> don't get me started on another soapbox man because yeah. i think about like what we would pay for a year of tuition was our parents' full tuition, like for all the years. Literally. Literally. All they, the years. I hear stories of how people were able to work. They were they worked hard for a summer, and they'd yeah. save all the money they needed for tuition, and then they'd go to college. And I'm just like, yeah. oh, must be nice. <laughs> that might get us <laughs> one semester. <laughs> Maybe nice. two. <laughs> yeah. So there, there has to be a way to rethink some of these things that we've allowed to get a bit out of control. And I mean, we definitely value education. We both have multiple degrees. But when you think about, again, it's going to accessibility. If this is something that I need and that I would like to have, and it's not something that is extravagant, how can I get gain access to it in a way that does not hinder me from achieving anything else for the next 25 to 30 years you know and there's not enough emphasis either on trade schools like when I talk to my students about career opportunities and they're like well what should I do or I know you're going to say get a PhD actually I'm not I only say get a PhD if you need it don't do it if you need it (laughs) the struggle is real It is serious and it costs money. Like even if you have support, it costs you time and it costs you money that you could have made while you're in school. And so you need to figure out, you know what, if you have a gift for heating and cooling, please get a certificate in HVAC because when it's hot in Texas, I'm going to call you and I will pay your rate because it's hot. And I sweat and I don't like it. (laughs) So, but you know, everybody doesn't need the same thing. Now, if you're a surgeon, I need you to get every year fellowship, residency, specialization, because if you cut me, literally, I need you to be certified. (laughs) I need to see you. But other than that, there's so many other opportunities and everybody doesn't need the same thing. But we don't have enough conversations about that. We don't share what else you can do. If you're great at doing hair and helping people have healthy, vibrant strands and they feel better and they look better, that's a gift. Become an entrepreneur, become your own boss. That's it. And again, again, 
that's why I keep on honing back on the fact that small businesses are the backbone of America. The reason we had a strong economy before the Rona is because <laughs> of small businesses. That's it. It, isn't, it isn't because McDonald's got bigger. It isn't because Walmart got stronger. It isn't because Amazon expanded itself into some other area of selling whatever they sell. It's because the small businesses of America were supporting it. And it. side note, one of the things that, you know, we can uh, talk about is China taking all manufacturing. And now we're here stuck without PPEs, without ventilators, without masks. And the few that, you know, they, they say there are millions or thousands, whatever, coming from China. But we're still having to depend on another on entity another country. because we don't have the foundation mm-hmm. to make the things we need. That's it. We need to bring back manufacturing and we need to hold the companies who, who try to go and get the masks done for two cents, but instead it costs 10, 10 cents here in the U.S. to make. Those who are going overseas, we're going to get you. We're going to tax you. We're going to tariff you. Whatever we have to do to ensure that we have the manufacturing foundation. Yeah. And I think I think we've made kind of the mistake that some cities made with focusing on one industry. And then when that uh-huh. industry crashed, we're in trouble Detroit. where as a nation, you have to have a diversified portfolio Absolutely. where now we're so focused on information, which is great because I have businesses that focus on that. But you need to be able to have infrastructure in place to have resiliency in times of crisis. Because if we've had so many uh, manufacturing companies now that didn't even make masks and now they're retrofitting (laughs) their facilities to be able to get out, they're making ventilators and everything else that we need. So the capability is there. It's just whether or not we want to maintain and create a market that will support businesses that will supply those needs that meet our requirements. And so it's nothing wrong with trading with other countries, but I just always feel, and this is the same thing that I, the approach that I take in my life and in my business, I want to know how to do everything. So if anything happens, I can at least take care of it. Now I'd like to outsource it to you professional so you can handle it for me and I can focus on other things. But if push comes to shove, I know how to update my website. I know how to look at my books. I know how to formulate and create a resource. I know how to do a social media post. Is it all of those, the thing that I'm the most excited about every day? No, but I know how to. I know how to. And that's the same thing we have to look at. That's the foundation we need to bring back to the U.S. And you know who's right? I'm going to say it again. The president, he right. Bring bring back that manufacturing. And China didn't like it. And a lot of people, I remember, this was a, just, I think last year, a lot of people, how can you say that to China? They're going to raise all our prices. And one thing is trouble. One, they didn't raise their prices because they're not crazy because we know who our president is. And two, he was right. We, he was right. He yeah. Was right. When he said he was bringing manufacturing back a few years ago, I was kind of like, we need, I, don't, I don't know if that's going to be accepted across the board. But after now, this, again, I'm telling you, COVID has reframed okay. our country's okay. direction. Absolutely. And it's giving a clearer focus to what can happen if everything goes wrong and, we, going wrong. <laughs> and we found out we are not. So it's like our medical system needs help. 
And then we haven't like we hear about New York and we hear about Dallas where we are, but we don't hear enough about rural. Yes. Yes. Like my state, Mississippi, they're already short on doctors. And so now you add in a crisis and what do you do? What do those patients do? How do they get to proper medical care? And if you're having to drive two hours or ride a bus two hours, who else have you exposed to this same virus in that in the meantime of you actually seeking medical help but we're not all of those things we haven't thought about at least not as critically and acutely as we are having to now and the best time to think about that is not in crisis it's when you do have peace that's it yeah. So, so now we're supposed to do that's why that's why I, I always say people say you know Priscilla you're too crazy nothing's gonna happen it's all okay and then I say oh let me <laughs> let me tell you <laughs> let me tell you what could happen and now they're starting to see oh okay when when yeah. the crop is bountiful when you're making a lot of money when when things are good store up prepare Save for time yes and and I think. <laughs> I think I'll say this. I think that our our economy was doing so well that mm-hmm. people weren't paying attention because yeah. word of this virus started in December. And I was telling mm-hmm. folks that I said, mm, that virus is coming over here and it's going to be bad. No, yeah. Priscilla, it's over there. It's not going to affect us. It's all good. Well, the Rona has come. <laughs> The Rona has come. And my thing is always, and we talk about this all the time, pessimist, optimist, but believe the best (laughs) and prepare for the worst. I can believe that, I want to believe that people are really good at their core, that they're wonderful, but I also have to prepare that people will take all the cotton ale off the shelves and the Charmin, and then we are left with things that are just not European. We got to use a bidet. (laughs) So it's just I'm not ready. (laughs) You want to believe the best, but you also prepare yourself. You also make sure that if something happens, you are in a position to be resilient, to have some flexibility to move around. What this is so important. It it is just in this concept of resiliency was just starting. The seeds were just in my dissertation. Yes. And then the Rona came. That's it. That's <laughs> you know, it. I, I'm excited. I'll say this. I'm excited that, and I'm not excited that this has happened, but I'm excited to see what will after happen change. after this has, yes, you know, passed. Leveled up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah, I'm do, I think, do I think it'll be soon? No, I think it'll be at least another year or two before this goes away. Um, I'll be honest. A lot of people are like, oh, the summer will come and the sun will make it all go away and I'm just like haha the winter comes back winter is coming like Game of Thrones don't ever discount winter (laughs) I'm hopeful and again this goes back optimist pessimist I am hopeful that in the next two to three months we will be on the other side of this however the only way that we get there is that everyone takes it seriously and right now we're not quite at that point. Like I've been in the grocery store and, you know, you try to give people an idea. But today I had somebody walk up right beside <laughs> me 
and stand there with a whole family with them. And I'm so I moved. It's like, I just, I don't know. It's nothing against you personally. I don't know where you've been. I don't know where your children have been, but I'm not going to be right beside you. Or when I've been at the grocery store, I think last week, I had to tell someone, you know, I, I kept moving over and I said, we're too close. Mm-hmm. We're too close. And then I had to move. <laughs> I did. And then he still moved closer. If I said we're too close and I continuously am moving away from you, I'm trying to give you a signal that this is a dangerous yeah. proximity. And it's now still defeated. Yeah. yeah, it's still so I had to say, I need you to back up in a You're way that more. was yes, that was not offensive, but it's like we're too close. We're too close. Like let's remember this is not back business up. as usual. Yeah. And we were we went to Target today and we got there early, which was our goal. But by the time we left, they had started restricting who could come in because it's like we can't. It's harder for us to I don't want to say police, but monitor your distance. If there are so many people in the store, they had arrows to say this is where you need to go and then kind of monitors throughout the store. This way, this aisle is only this way to help us stay apart. But people are disregarding that. You know, the monitors are like, you can't go down this way. You, you need to go to the other out there. Too many people. But people yeah. aren't paying attention. They, they aren't listening. And, and, and that's something and that I was hands. reading on. I was reading on that because um, I think it was just yesterday. The city of Dallas announced that they're going to be shutting down all parks. Yes. Um, and starting first. tonight through mm-hmm. Monday <clears throat> mornings. Through Monday morning. Mm-hmm. And people were complaining. And they're saying, this isn't fair. And I had plans to go hiking or to go running. And then I think to myself, that's exactly what everybody had plans to do. Yeah. And that's exactly why they shut it down because they know that everybody, especially it's Easter weekend. Yeah. They know everybody's going to be trying to barbecue. Yeah. Every, everybody has the exact same plans. The weather's nice. It's pretty mm-hmm. out. No, absolutely not. They they made the right decision, and it's not. And you 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 made a wonderful correction. It's not policing. This is monitoring. We're mm-hmm. trying to to stop the spread of this pandemic. Yes. And yes, the pandemic doesn't kill everyone. It's not the bubonic plague. But okay. once it starts to infiltrate and lead to such high numbers that our hospitals can't handle, then mm-hmm. then we're all screwed. We're all in trouble. Right. And I think even with the parks, because I, I had to read a little bit closer about it so I would know because I was at first a bit alarmed if they just closed down everything. But anything that's like an open airspace where there's room enough for people to spread out, it's still accessible. And the trails are. But the whole thing is do not get together in groups with people that do not live in your home. And people are still doing that. They're still gathering. Yes, and I'll, I'm going to say this. Ethnic groups, we love to get together. And I'm not, I'm, I say ethnic groups because it's not about color or race. It's I'm not. Italians, you can get Germans, Irish, you can get the African American community, community, Latinos, Asians, mm-hmm. uh, our Jewish community. We ethnic groups, we like to get together. We like to come and love on each other and love. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. no, not now. Jesus not right now. You, but not today. <laughs> not right now. And people are saying, like, I'm just I'm going to visit my aunt. Is your aunt sick and she needs you to pick up her medicine? No, you don't need to be over there. Stay home. Stay home. You don't need to be over there. This yes. is FaceTime, Skype, Zoom, 
whatever you need to do, but do not go to someone else's home that doesn't live with you. No. And I really think it's it comes from an idea of either it won't get me, I'm young and healthy, it doesn't matter, but that gets back to an arrogance to think that you're invincible. And that's not the case. This thing is taking out young people just as it is older people. And interestingly enough, there are some people that are 100 plus that are beating this thing while young people are not. And I mean, they've made it through the Great Depression. (laughs) They've made it through the war. World Wars. That's like they are tried and true. <laughs> but that's they not you. Everything. Right. We're and they're still we're newbies on the block. <laughs> so, but, but that, they're being cautious. But with age, there's some additional susceptibility. But it's like we have to get to the point where we're concerned about our well-being and our community's well-being enough to be willing to make a sacrifice to be inconvenienced for a minute. And it's not like we've lost all privilege. You can still go to the store. You can still go out for a walk. But if we don't take those things seriously, those privileges and benefits may not be there in a few weeks. But I don't think that's registering. And so it is going to require a mental shift yeah. and a heart shift for some You're right. change. It's a, it's a privilege. And that's what I don't think people understand. A freedom isn't a freedom if it can be taken away. It's a privilege. And we are a very privileged country. And I don't Mm -hmm. think people recognize that that privilege is being impeded on by their stupid behavior. Right. So, who knows? Who knows what will happen? But let's... I think it's... I'll say one thing on this. I think if we reframe how we look at the issue... It's a wonderful possibility, one, to rest if you have that option to th- take things a little bit slower. I know, like, you and I have, we know the truth. Yeah, you and I have not had much of that option. We don't but, rest much. <laughs> but for some, it is a great with your family that you don't get a chance to on a normal basis to do those projects around the house you've been waiting on, to learn a new skill, you know, all of these things that on a normal day, because of the busyness we've grown so accustomed to, you just don't get a chance to do. But when you're looking at it from being a point of view of being deprived, instead of being offered a new set of circumstances to find a way to thrive within, then it is a negative thing. But when you reframe it and say, look at the opportunity that I have now, I can learn something new. I can spend more time with my children wow. that my new 60, 80 hour a job week, I mean, hour a job, hour a week job doesn't allow me to do and take it and say, this can be a positive within a really difficult situation, but we have to look at it and find a way to thrive within this, not just to get through it. And, and once we do that, it makes a difference. I think that that's going to be key to helping people who are facing anxiety, people who are facing depression, people who are facing, you know, suicidal thoughts, people who are Mm -hmm. really having these internal struggles. Yes. Having that shift of of mindset is going to be key to helping them not only survive this, like you said, but thrive and Mm -hmm. not have that post-traumatic stress of of this pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, and we can, like you said, I'm I'm a big pessimist. Uh, you know, it's the sky is the sky is falling. We balance. 
I, I'm like you. I, I prepare for the worst, but I always hope for the best. That's it. And, and that's what I hope. And one thing that we know is that we are we are the beast. Uh, as Americans, we are the beast. And I think it was a saying, you know, after Pearl Harbor, one of the Japanese generals, or I'm sure I read it wrong, but um, they said, you know, what have we done? We've awoken the beast. And we are the beast, and we're 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 wide awake. Um, China. Yes. We're not going to let you get off the hook. Let me rephrase this. Chinese communist government for the lies and the hiding of what you've done and how you have affected the world with this pandemic. This will not go untouched. And we as a country, we're going to we're going to be fine. It's yeah. going to suck. We're going to have we're going to have to battle. But we are. We're going we to survive. And I think, so, too, we have to we have to stay open to because we do, it's so much we don't know about what happened and how it moved across continents. And so we have to be we have to give some things time to realize what happened, to get underneath what we see or what's offered readily to get the real truth. And that may not happen in six weeks and it may surprise us who was involved or what happened or or what was mishandled. The World Uh Health Organization, who knows? You never know. Who was involved? Or. Yeah. Or if it was just something where it was a perfect storm of horrible conditions and everything that wrong behavior. This isn't just the flu. (laughs) (laughs) It's not just the flu. So but all of those things, um, I think in time they will come out. But if we can focus on getting through this in a way that keeps our country intact that allows us to take a critical eye to the systems we have in place and find a way to build a better America together moving forward, we'll be the better for it. Not necessarily that this was good, but as God says, good can come from it if we're focused on him and we're living the way that he's asked us to. We'll be able to find the good within this to come out better on the other side. And with that, y'all, this is pure lunacy. How else, like, what else do you need to close on? Exactly. <laughs> this is pure lunacy. Thank you so much, Laura. You're welcome, Faye. Love you. For joining us. And this hopefully awesome. we can see you soon. We'll, we'll be catching up again. I know. Not, I can't give you a hug in person. We're not distancing, distancing. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so until next time, y'all. We'll Bye. See you soon.